And now, it is the crown jewel of the surprise MF Network. It's Odd Dad Out. Evening Odd Dad Out podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hello, hello, hello. I am not dead. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. And welcome to the Odd Dad Out podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, as always, Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out. And this is the show, if you're new, where I share my twisted little stories and 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 things going on and make fun of some weird and 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 generally cringeworthy news stories and i wrap it all up by sharing a podcast that i think you should listen to because i listen to it and i just like sharing the things that i like Whew. all right so like i said I'm not dead. Yay. Uh, if, if you're, you've been actually following along and, and you actually subscribe to the show where I've, I've been out for a few weeks. Um, it's it, it, two. Yeah. It's been, I've, I've been gone for about two weeks, uh, from the show. And if you follow me or follow the Facebook page or follow me on Twitter, you're aware Besides the fact that it was painfully obvious in the all of the uh, national podcast post month, you basically got to hear my health degrading uh, through the course of the month. And even if you didn't listen to all and you just listened to the main show, you heard the cough, you heard. I, I talked about being sick a lot throughout basically all of November. And uh, the long and short of it is that was the problem um, for Pretty much the entirety of November, I was sick from one, and it wasn't like one big thing. It was like one thing led to another thing led to, you know, like when you get sick and you're, you're kind of coming, getting over it and your immune system is still kind of, you could say compromised and then something else hits you and then something else hits you and then something else hits you. Well, that's basically what happened to me. Except it escalated to a point of, uh, hospital, I wouldn't say hospitalization, but finally having to go to the doctor and it being far worse than I thought. So, you know, cause I'm terrible with making a long story short. So here goes, um, basically, you know, I'm just go through the whole thing. Start in November. Everyone in the house, and I've, I've talked about this before, anytime anyone in this house gets sick, everybody gets sick. It's just kind of the, you know, circumstances of, you know, everybody living together and breathing the same air and all that. So, and kind of a flu bug sort of goes through the house. Everybody kind of gets it. Whatever. I get, I get sick. Everybody got sick. Well, I've had bronchitis problems in the past, so anytime I do get sick, my cough tends to linger a bit more. And I just expect it. I was like some, you know, things like that. It's just kind of a pain for me sometimes. So I'm like, nah, no big deal, whatever. Well, I get this flu thing. I actually end up missing work for a few days uh, over a weekend, which really sucks. Um, 
I hate calling out of work like a Friday, Saturday. God, I hate that. Um, but yeah, so I ended up missing work being just normal, everyday sick, had like a flu. Get over that, go back to work, and I start feeling the uh, familiar ticklings of a sinus infection. And I've had sinus infections before, and it, it's just kind of a, it's, it's something to deal with. It's, it's, I was like, I've, I've, I've had them before. I was like, oh, I'll take, and go like, go to the urgent care, get some antibiotics or whatever. Not a big deal. Or sometimes I just like, you know, load up on vitamin C, just let it work its way out. Like, sometimes you just get a sinus infection and you just have to kind of let it work its way out, whatever. And that's what I was going to do. That was the plan. So I just kind of let it work its way out. I'm quite miserable. My face, you know, I think I woke up one day and well, for a couple of days, and I, I, I've had a lot of sinus, like I said, I've had a lot of sinus infections. I've never had that, like, like they say in commercials and you see on TV, like the, the agonizing sinus pressure where you know, they always talk about and they, the big animations with big flamey, you know, red, whatever coming on, on the, in the commercials. I've never had that. Well, I did this time and I've just felt like I, I, I hate it. I woke up and the best description I could say for the feeling I had was I felt like a squirrel had just buried all of its nuts into my sinuses overnight. And my face was completely swollen and bruised and it was just agonizing. And just caught, so it was so, you know, and if you've ever had that, you basically you have to get all that crud out of your head. And so I just spent the better part of three days blowing my nose, blowing crud out of my head, still in quite a lot of pain to, to try and, you know, get everything and relieve all that pressure. A week of all that crap, I think, okay, I'm getting over this. Meanwhile, I've still got a cough. From the very first beginnings. And even going back to that before, I had actually, like, I forget what I was doing now that I think about it. Um, but, oh, I, I had, like, jacked up my, my sinuses and uh, cleaning the bathroom. It was like, right, uh, I forget. It was like, it was right before Halloween. And I was, like, cleaning the bathroom and there was a lot of cleaning vapors and jacked up my sinuses and, so I went from that, and that probably is why I got the sinus infection later, because I got sick and then jacked up sinuses and whatever. But I went from jacked up sinuses and cough and breathing problems and all that crap into flu crap, into sinus infection crap, this whole time having a quite, you know, an escalating cough. So get through this week of sinus infection, still got this cough, um, then I start getting like fevery again and start getting... And this is all coming up at this point. It's the week of Thanksgiving. And basically like of that week, Monday, I'm like, finally, I'm over this crap. Tuesday, I go back to work and I'm starting to get kind of in again. The day, Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, I'm at work and basically I go from eh to dead in through the course of that night. Uh, I was actually working with basically like the head tech, the like lead, lead tech that night. And he saw me degrade through the course of the night and just saw like 
nope, you're like, I spent half the night just like coughing my lungs out and like blowing my nose and just sniffles and fever. And like, I would, I had a full blown fever and all of this by Wednesday night, which ultimately led to like, I've just got to like Thanksgiving day. And I, I, I think I mentioned all this, uh, back, you know, at the time, but just kind of running through the whole thing. Thanksgiving day, I almost, we almost did not have Thanksgiving dinner because I was so sick and in so much pain Thanksgiving day. I think I didn't even get home that night until almost 5 a.m. But then I was so tired and so sick Thanksgiving morning, it turned into, I can't get out of bed. I didn't roll out of bed until about 1230. Um, and my wife at that point had almost resigned. She'd resigned to great. We're not having Thanksgiving dinner because I do all the cooking. My wife, Thanksgiving dinner is outside of her scope of cooking ability. Um, so yeah. Um, to be fair, most cooking is outside of her scope of cooking ability, but that was basically the situation. And so I dragged myself up because essentially my illness, me being so sick was going to ruin Thanksgiving. And we had all the food that I had to cook. I had to do all this stuff. So, and I'd spent, you know, half of my morning on Wednesday baking pies for Thanksgiving. So really didn't want to waste all that too, but I dragged myself up sick and all and, and, executed Thanksgiving because I really did not want to ruin Thanksgiving being sick. Thanksgiving night. And I don't know if you've ever heard of these sort of services. I know there's a few of them, but we used one called Amwell where it's basically a virtual doctor visit. You put in your symptoms, you like, if, if you have the ability, you know, like, Oh, take your temperature. In our case, we have a blood pressure cuff. We have a pulse oximeter. We have all these, these machines and things that we've accumulated over the years. So we were able to give them basically all of the, all of the vitals that they would have checked in, in a doctor's office. We were able to give them all that. It was kind of funny, but I sit down and it's, and it's a video conference with an actual doctor and they go through like short of them being able to get the little scope and look in my nose and take a stethoscope to my lungs and listen to my lungs. And he basically said, yeah, that sinus infection you had still there uh going from you know my i was starting to have a sinus pressure again the cough and all this stuff it's like basically your infection is still there you never since you didn't have any medication for it or any antibiotics or whatever it's just still there so they gave me some antibiotics for the infection and they gave me prednisone for the cough because it's got a cough and i've had this cough for you know weeks at this point and sinus infection clears up cough doesn't Cough didn't do shit. Cough keeps getting worse. You get past Thanksgiving and that weekend and go through that whole thing. And I'm finally clearing everything up and get into the next week. And it's now, and I don't work. And if you follow along at home, I don't work on Sunday or Monday. So I come out of Thanksgiving. I worked on Friday. I worked on Saturday feeling pretty shitty. Actually, for that matter, on Friday, 
they actually set me up with another guy who, like knowing that I had been pretty sick, they set me up with a guy who was also not feeling great. And we basically had the shortest night. of this. Like I think we had like a five and a half. We went home before midnight, I think, that night, which is unheard of. We basically just, we had the easiest night of anybody we got in. We got in, got out, and went home because we both felt like crap. I was like, you know what, I'll deal with having, you know, a crap paycheck because I feel like crap. You know, work Saturday still feel like crap, but at least I'm trying to work. Come Tuesday, but again, this whole time I've still got this cough. I'm taking the antibiotics for this sinus infection and crap. And that's clearing up and I'm starting to feel the improvement there, but I'm still, you know, pumping meds and stuff. Cough is still getting worse. Get to Tuesday, work Tuesday, Tuesday night, I go to, I, I think I was like, kind of start feeling, you know, and you, know, you ever have the like really heavy cough that, and you're like, you've been coughing for so long, or in my case, I get hiccups the same way where you just, your whole body aches because you've been coughing so much, like your muscles are tightening up and all that's what I'd been going through at that point. Just like every cough shook my whole body and just like my whole, all my muscles were super achy. And I think I, I don't remember if I was actually taking any, anything for pain for like the muscle pain at that point. But basically I started taking that. That was it. That was the night. Um, I started having sort of a, a pain in my side in my left side. About halfway through the night. And it was like this, I'd, I'd cough and it'd be this super sharp, like stabbing sort of pain in my side. I'm like, oh shit, what the hell? I'm just, I was, it, it was just agony. Every cough was like jabbing up. Try to say, not like a knife, uh, like a letter opener. <laughs> yeah, not gonna you know, puncture anything, but it's sure as shit is going to hurt like hell. Yeah. Stabbed at a let open red letter opener, like right under, like just at that point where your you could say your, your armpit stops and your rib cage starts basically that right at that spot. It was like every cough I'm getting jabbed hard with like a letter opener. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, I start taking Tylenol and popping Tylenol and I still had, I had like run to the store on my way home. Um, you know, I, I'm sitting there in the parking lot at, at the Walmart and just my and just in agony, every cough walking up the aisles, getting all the, I had to pick up diapers or hell, it may have been just getting cough syrup for the boys. I don't remember. Um, but just in agony every cough agony and so at this and i basically i pop like two more tylenol as soon as i get home just go straight to bed i'm like whatever the hell you know i just let this be over it's just and i don't know and, and all day and then turning into wednesday all day i'm just in so much pain all day and and rihanna's telling me hey no like you need to go to the doctor. If it's that bad, you need to go to a doctor. And I was like, are you going to work? What's going to happen? 
And I finally tell my bosses, I'm like, I'm hurting too bad. Something is wrong. I'm going to urgent care. As soon as Rihanna gets home from work, I'm going to urgent care. So I will keep you updated. And I'm thinking this whole time, like I've got another infection, like the sinus infection or something and moved into my lungs or I had like an air pocket in my lungs or something. And, you know, bronchitis flare up something, something that was like set in my lungs. That's where my brain was. Um, and I go in, I'm sitting there at urgent care and they're like, well, your lungs sound fine, but she's poking around and she's like, I want to see, because you're saying you've been coughing for almost a month. It's like, this sounds like you could have cracked a rib. And so she's like poking around. She's like, I want to see if I can find the spot. And if like, if I can replicate your pain by, you know, poking, if I can feel it from outside, then you probably have a muscle pain or, or, or a rib pain. I was like, if, you know, the pain that you get from your cough doesn't come, doesn't, you can't like, you know, find it on the outside, then it, then it's more likely it's going to be in your, your lungs. So they do a chest x-ray and she was like, well, here's the thing. We don't do rib x-rays, big air quotes. We're not allowed. It's, it's an urgent care. We don't do that. That's major radiology. But it's like, if we're lucky and the technician is good, or if like, if the, you know, if the, the radiologist is, is good and is looking at things, if there is a rib problem and they see it, they'll report it. And it basically amounted to, Hey, they're looking at my lungs. If it's kind of a lazy radiologist, I guess. And it's like, oh no, I'm supposed to be looking at the lungs. I'm supposed to be looking for lung damage. If I don't see lung damage, hey, no lung damage. What they were hoping was that, hey, they look at the lungs and, oh, there's nothing wrong with the lungs. But, hey, I see there's a cracked rib right there. And they report it. And basically that's what happened. And I'm sitting, I'm basically sitting there in the, in the little exam room waiting on radiology. And I hear the, cause it's a, urgent care so it's not a very big office I mean, it's a pretty good size urgent care but i hear come like i hear their fax machine go off and i hear the printer going and i was like ah because they said that the radiologist had to have the results back inside of like within 20 minutes that they had to i was like okay so literally they it's at 20 minutes this machine goes off and like up oh, there it is finally and i just hear the doctor like ha i knew it and he comes, she comes back like, you have a cracked rib and hands me the paper from the radiologist. So, you know, acute rib, you know, sixth rib fracture, lateral rib fracture, something like that. Basically, I've got a hairline cra- fracture in uh, one of my ribs on my left side. So what do they do? They're like, okay, they're like your lungs are clear. Nothing wrong with your lungs but you still have this cough. We need to treat this cough. And so they, they prescribed me a codeine cough syrup. And if you ever had codeine cough syrup, um, it's supposed to work the way it's supposed to work. is supposed to be like on your central nervous system. It's basically supposed to get into your brain and stop you from, and stop your cough reflexes in your brain. That's how it's supposed to work in the process. It also makes you super sleepy. I'm convinced that the way it, stops you from coughing is just knocks you the hell out and you're not coughing when you're unconscious. That's my, that's my working theory on this stuff. Uh, I always go back to a time where I took codeine cough syrup for, I was just really, really sick at one point. It was years ago. 
but I took like one shot of this stuff and was sitting here eating my breakfast. And it was like, you know, at this point I would, I had been so sick that I was just like, I was in bed sitting there with like a plate of eggs and in bed and I took my cough syrup and almost fell asleep in my plate of eggs. And that's how hard it hit me. So Cody, if anybody ever prescribes you codeine or anybody, if your doctor, cause I, some random guy prescribing you codeine cough syrup. No, if your doctor ever prescribes you codeine cough syrup, all those warnings they tell, oh, don't operate heavy machinery. Don't operate a remote control car on a codeine cough syrup. You're not going to be able to, you, no, not, not you, not your drone. No, you're, you're not going to be able to operate an RC car that's still got the cord attached to it. That's how much it will knock you out. No bullshit. So I'm on this stuff. And I've I've used it before, and again, I'm pretty sure it just knocks you out, and that's how you don't cough. But they give me this cough syrup because they basically comes down to if you have a broken rib, there's not shit they can do for you. Short of like, oh, you've got a rib sticking out of your your body, and then they can reset it and do shit like that. But if you just got like a cracked rib, you know, stress fracture, or you're a boxer and you got punched or something, you've got a cracked rib, they just can't do shit for you. The basically the treatment for that is put some ice on it, take some Tylenol for the pain and rest. Literally, that's it. It is. You just have to rest and let it heal, which is six to eight weeks of healing for a rib. And he basically like, yeah. And, and they're like, okay, you need to do the breathing exercises like, you know, every hour to deep, you know, lung filling breaths to keep your chest inflated because if you don't like, especially with like a cracked rib, it's like you can get, a, it can cause you to have a, a, a deflated lung or a, like something like a collapsed lung or pneumonia can set in because your lungs aren't filling up and you're getting fluid or whatever. So you have to do these breathing exercises, which wasn't too big of a deal for me. But the problem with the problem with those is like you do those big deep breaths and you fill your lungs and the muscles and everything puts more puts pressure on that cracked rib and it hurts like hell. And so pain management. Um, but I basically like the first big deep breath I would take would hurt and you'd feel like it's almost like it resets and gets the, the rib realigned. And then after that, it's fine, but it's annoying. But yeah, there's nothing you can do. And like we even looked it up and like, said, yeah, they used to, you know, use the big compression bandages and they'd wrap your chest. And it was like, yeah, but then you can't breathe right. And then you get pneumonia. So they can't, you can't wrap your chest. You can't do shit. It's just, you know, put an ice pack on it and take some Tylenol. Oh yeah. And no strenuous activity until the pain is gone. And so basically this means I can't go to work. Because a big part of my job is lifting and moving machines on and off of the vans. And I spend the entire night on my feet and, you know, uh, filling up the machines with water and things like this. A bucket of water, like a five-pound or five-gallon bucket of water, that's 40 pounds, everybody. So you try lifting a 40-pound bucket and walking down a hallway with it with a broken rib. That's not going to do anything but further break the ribs. So I I didn't work the rest of the week. Um, get to the next Tuesday. And again, I'm on, uh, codeine cough syrup for this. 
I get to the next Tuesday. I'm supposed to go back to work. I'm supposed to kind of like report back to him. Um, come Monday, before we get to the Tuesday, come Monday, we're like, my cough is worse. I'm still in pain. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go back to work. So we set up a follow-up appointment with my wife's doctor. It was like, I needed a regular doctor. I'm not one of those people who goes to the doctor all the time. I know, terrible me. I go to the doctor. We set up well, we set up a, a follow-up appointment for me for Tuesday. Um, come Tuesday morning, not only do I have a pain, like my cough is still escalating. It's so much worse. I've still got all these body-shaking coughs that haven't dissipated even. Basically, the codeine made it so I could sleep. I could get through my night and sleep because the codeine would knock me out. Short of that, still coughing, getting worse anytime I wasn't directly inside its you know four-hour window. And I'm still having to wrangle boys. I've still got the, you know, the four-year-old and two-year-old with me. I still got to go pick up, you know, the older boys from school. I've still got to, you know, be cooking dinner. My wife's still working, is still at work during the day. And so I'm still having to do all of my normal dad functions. But at least when I'm home with the little boys during the day, I'm mostly sitting on the couch and we're watching movies. Like, no, buddy, sit next to me. You sit on that side. We're going to watch Moana again. We're going to watch this show. We're going to watch this movie. And and for the most part, they were easy on me. But I still had those, you know, day-to-day -day res dad responsibilities. Come to Tuesday, I go in for my follow-up. That more By that morning, again, cough had been building. I now have another pain uh, that's that uh, now painfully familiar stabbing pain in my right side. And... It looks like because the cough hasn't gotten any better, I've now cracked a rib on my right side by the time I get to the doctor that afternoon. So I went from, okay, I should be almost ready to go back to work to shit, I can't move. I am in agony. So yeah, the basically the doctor, I go through the whole spiel and tell him everything and I give him, hey, here's my, you know, my printouts of my Amwell visit. Here's my uh, discharge papers from urgent care. Here's what they did. He was like, and all he was like, all they gave you was cough syrup. Was like, yeah. Was like, they didn't give you any other steroids. They didn't. He was like, nope. And it was like, I just finished prednisone before from the sinus infection. So I was like, maybe that's why they didn't give it to you. But like, they didn't give me much other than, well, they didn't give me anything other than the codeine. And he seemed to be a little miffed by that. Uh, but, with all of that being said, he basically was like, okay, we need to be more, we need to take on this cough much more aggressively because the prednisone didn't work. The codeine didn't work. I still have this cough. And if I can't get this cough under control, I'm just going to keep hurting myself. It's just going to keep getting worse. And I, I, I go, it's just a vicious cycle because, you know, I had the cough, the cough cracked a rib. The rib pain makes me cough more which then cracked another rib. And so it was just this vicious pain cycle. It's so god-awful. Um, and so I, I just, I was spending my days on the couch. But fortunately, at my wife's work, they have a program where she can take time off to care for a sick loved one. Basically, because we realized as long as I had to have that full responsibility of taking care of the boys and still having all of that, you know, got to, you know, pick up kids to get them dressed and 
change them and get them in car seats and, you know, put the two year old in his high chair and all these all if having to do all those things and picking up a 30 pound kid and a 40 pound kid multiple times a day is not going to help my ribs. And so we actually got approval for my wife to take leave to stay home with me. And so come and I told my bosses, so here's, you know, the situation. Basically, I've cracked another rib and the doctors basically said that once I've got my pain under control, like that once I can feel that I'm comfortable with my pain level and it's under control to a point where I can work through it, then I can go back to work. And so it was kind of on me, but for the, they, so they put me on Symbicort, which is an asthma medication with ster with a steroid and all this stuff to, which I have to take twice. I'm still taking twice a day, basically to open up my lungs, make it easier for me to breathe and all those things. And on Tessalon pearls, which I've had before, which is this crazy little, like really, it looks like giant caviar, uh, but these little gold beads basically that like kind of like the coating was supposed to do their work on the cough internally it's not like and so you go and i take these and those work but these are both things that like as you're taking them they're building in your system and working down <clears throat> you know it's not like a cough drop you're coughing because your throat is scratchy and you soothe that and you soothe the throat scratchiness and you don't cough. This is all like muscle, internal, lung coughing. So these medications both work to fix that internally. Well, I also told him, hey, I've been taking a leave for muscle pain from this cough for days now. And he was like, okay, well, we'll give you a pain shot now that should last you for a day. What I want you to do is no Aleve, lay off the Aleve for the, like the next 24, 48 hours. So if you're playing along at home, I have a freshly cracked rib and now I am on, and they gave me a pain shot and it, it, it helped with the lingering pain, but anytime I'd cough, I'd still get that sort of stabbiness. It wasn't as bad, but I still get that stabby pain. Uh, <laughs> it then turns into, okay no more Aleve, no pain meds. Uh, and I'm like for at least 24 hours that Wednesday, I am in agony, 100% agony because I'm on a freshly cracked rib. My other side that I had been pain treating. Now I'm feeling it. Um, you know, all the body aches and that break cause, you know, when you get a bone break, you get like bone break fever and you end up, you know, it's like mild fever, body aches, kind of like mild cold symptoms. So sniffly and all this stuff. And so now I've got like sinus congestion and, and what was it? Post nasal drip or whatever. I don't know. I've got drainage. And so I'm like coughing up phlegm and crud. Meanwhile, you know, all this stuff is still trying to work its way out of my system. Anyway, I'm still coughing, but it's, it's getting better. But he basically was like, because the idea is fix the cough. The cough is what's causing the pain. So if we fix the cough, then the pain can, we can see where your pain level is. And now I have a notoriously high level of, to of pain tolerance, really. And I have a very high tolerance for pain meds. So that shot that was supposed to take me a day or so burned through, I burned through that night. So by the time we went to bed Tuesday night, 
that shot was gone. And I was already feeling the pain. And it was like, nope, it's, it's coming back. By the morning, I was in agony all Wednesday in agony. And I'm not going to lie. I straight up, I broke down crying uh, on Wednesday in just the sheer amount of pain. And just so, I mean, it's it basically been a month at this point of illness and coughing and, you know, one, you know, flu, sinus infections, you know, cracked ribs, all this pain, all this coughing, all these treatments. And I just, I so, I'm just ready for it to be over. I'm so tired of all this. And I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, I, I broke down a couple of times throughout that day because I'm also, I, I have no pain med. So I'm feeling everything that, that fresh cracked, you know, right side fracture. I'm feeling every little breath hurts. So fun. Um, and I just was like, nope, tomorrow morning, first thing tomorrow morning, <laughs> like I am taking, I'm, you know, double popping a leave. I need a double shot of a leave to get me through this, which once I took the, and like got through all that and get to you know, Thursday and start, and I, I'm still taking it now, but, um, it started working. You know, my cough was improving, you know, the, the cough, finally we got, you know, something for my system for my cough. It's finally being relieved and Rihanna's home and she's wrangling the boys. So basically I'm parked on the couch. <laughs> I'm basically sitting parked on the couch, you know, doing my breathing and staying off my feet because if I'm upright too much, then I like, I get that pressure on my, my ribs and fucking sucks. So <clears throat> I go through and like, and I'm finally in a, and now that I'm back on pain meds and like, okay, I can function again because at least my pain is tolerable. My cough is improving. Finally healing. Finally. Which, and again, and once, and if, again, if you're following along, as soon as I got that rib, that first rib fracture diagnosis, I was like, shows postponed indefinitely until I get through this because A, I was in pain, B, I was coughing a, a shitload and trying to produce a show and do all this stuff with that cough going and that level of pain. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to sit down at the desk and record a podcast in this much pain. Uh, priorities, people. Uh, so yeah, I, I've been on break. And if you do listen to mom and dad cuss, we, I went through this whole thing. It was supposed to be about this much of the show, uh, this last week, um, with Rihanna's sort of interjecting. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm finally at a point and I, I finally went back to work this week. The funny thing is I, I'd had a plan for episode 84 two, three weeks ago, completely had to throw that away. I was like, these stories are so old at this point. I'm not going to use them. I basically, I had a plan. I had to scrap an entire episode theoretically too, because of all of the sickness and all the stuff going on. But you know, I, I'm, I'm back. I, I started back to work this week and I'm, I'm going to say 
I am feeling the difference. I and Rihanna freaked out for that first night with me going back to work, even though I was like, I told her, I was like, I'm in less pain now than the last night that I actually worked. Granted, I had a freshly cracked rib that night, but I was like, I was, I worked through that night in that much pain. I'm not in pain now. Now I just, I'm a little twingy. I'm much more muscle sore at the end of the nights right now because of everything, but I'm, I'm eased back. And my boss, uh, even last night was kind of like the, we were testing out a new machine and it has these massive weights that go on top of the machine to kind of push down to get better, to scrub better. And he's like, you're not picking up that bag. I was like, it's 60 pounds of uh, steel weights. There's these big plates that bolt onto the top of this machine. And he's like, uh, he's going to carry that. You're not. I was like, I was being super careful at every, every movement. Uh, you know, by the end of the night, I'm, I'm quite achy by the end of the night right now, because by the end of the night and movement and twisting and pouring and, and machines and stuff like I've, it's not that I'm doing anything that I shouldn't, but I am doing things that aggravate my, my breaks. So yeah, I, I'm being careful, but you know, still twisting and bending and lifting and crap that, you know, is I'm sure going to slow progress, but I can function. And so I'm, I'm not dead. That's the key here. I mean, I'm not in agony anymore because I was so much pain. And my cough is, is much more managed and it's, it's managed to the point where I don't think you've heard any of them. I'm pretty sure. I, I think I've cut them all, uh, because I can feel them coming. I can stop and I can cough and, you know, and proceed. And for all I know, you're going to hear a bunch of clicks every time I like, up. Oh, there's a, a click. There's he had to stop and cough, whatever. I don't care. But like, yes, I still have a cough, but. It's not painful and I'm not in agony and I can function again. I'm, I'm, I'm back to resembling something, uh, more human than I've been for the last month. Sandy, the closest I could call is to normal. Yeah. Cause me normal, not really my, my thing, but that's where I've been. That's what's been going on with me. And before I, I, I jump over to the news, I, I have to give a big thank you to uh, a few people because throughout all of my illness, especially like as a lot of it was being documented through the national podcast post month, my, my little daily things, you know, you, you basically got the, the play by play of my illness through the, through most of November. Um, there are a handful of people that really, they were checking up on me and, you know, it, I really appreciate it. Uh, 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 Chris, the mole man from the couch potato files, my, my surprise motherfucker brother. Uh, he, he, you know, especially with like those little, he was checking in when you hear what's going on. Um, Emily from the story behind was, you know, checking in here and there especially with like the little, uh, mini stuff and you hear just how bad I was getting. And those were just regular sick. Those were all pre bone breaks, but probably the biggest one, not even probably absolutely the, the biggest one, you know, checking up on me almost every day. Seriously. 
no exaggeration, almost every day, especially after the bone break diagnosis and everything, was Heather from Sunshine and Power Cuts. She checked in on me and I just get like a, a, a message from her either on Facebook or Twitter or some whatever when I'd like post an update on what's going on with me. Uh, but I'd get just like, Hey, how are you doing? How are the kids? You know, cause my kids are, you know, we're kind of sick too. Um, <clears throat> but you know, she'd check up on me like every other day throughout the whole ordeal for like from the very beginning with the flu stuff, you know, she was, you know, in there checking and like, Oh, I hope you feel better. You know, well, wishes and, I was like, and I, like I, I have said before, she's just the sweetest person. And it was funny because, you know, my wife gets incredibly jealous, really. It's, you know, she, she questions when I'm talking, when I'm like having Twitter chats with, with, uh, Chris the Mole Man and Mike Jolitz. And, you know, I'll be having conversations with them. She's like, who are you talking to? I was like, Chris and Mike, <laughs> you know, and then she sees that I'm having these conversations with, uh, with a girl who was like, who's was like, who's this? Like, who's this Heather? That's, uh, you know, asking how you're doing. It's so worried about you. I was like, it's Heather from sunshine and power cuts. I've talked about her before, you know, and all this, you know, I go through the whole thing. Like, She's in New Zealand. <laughs> like, I don't think you have anything to be jealous of. She's just really sweet. And she's you know, a really nice person. Like, this is my friend. She's in New Zealand. She's, you know, saying, Hey, how you doing? It was kind of funny. My wife just gets really jealous. She gets really jealous of like all any, any, uh, females that I conversate with, uh, that I don't share DNA with. Like if I'm not blood related to them, she gets jealous. That's just her. Um, but, but again, like big thank you to, you know, Chris, the mole man, uh, Chris from now that I'm not, uh, from, a more gooder than who's, I was like chimed in when I was posting up about, you know, all this crap. Um, uh, Mike Jolitz, Emily Prokop. And again, especially to, to Heather Welch, because again, she was, she was checking up on me just out of nowhere. I'd get a message from her. She was so sweet. Um, and I'm doing better. And I guess she was one of the first ones when I, you know, we came back and was, you know, <clears throat> I was like, Hey, I'm, she's like, yay, congratulations. You hope I'm glad you're doing better. And I'll, cause she's on it <laughs> because she's just the sweetest person. But I've rambled on about my plague for the last month for way longer than this segment normally goes. So I'm going to take a quick promo break. And I'm going to be back with a whole lot of fake news. Mysteries, conspiracies, weird history, and the unexplained. A new topic each week. So join me, Chris the Mole Man, as we crack open a beer and maybe have a few laughs as we explore the weird and the strange of the Couch Potato Files. Check out a new episode every Friday at thecouchpotatofiles.com. Hey everyone, I am Mike Jolitz from the Mike Jolitz Show, available on Spreaker.com and iTunes soon, I hope. I do a show where I mention some news items, celebrity stuff, stupid criminals, and just silly things I read on the interweb. Proud member of the Pottern family. 
So, when I said that this week I've got a bunch of fake news, I guess I should have explained that. No, I'm not making some sort of political thing or whatever, no. Uh, Actually, all of this week's news has to do with fake things. I've got fake cats, fake snow, fake parents. So, let's just jump right into this. An audience member at a recent performance of Cats lost control of his service dog, which then ran up on stage and chased one of the cats uh, around and chased him off stage. Uh, the ushers did manage to catch the dog, return it to the owner. So you've got to... And I, I don't think that the dog was chasing a cat. I think this was a dog that was annoyed by being a cat's <laughs> because fucking cats is dumb. Uh, <laughs> and I understand it's like one of the most award-winning musicals of all time and all this sort of shit. And it's like, yeah, for the makeup, the songs are really stupid. And it's a bunch of people running around dressed up and painted like cats. I'm sure if I actually sat down and watched it, I might enjoy myself and all, but it's fucking cats. Come on. I mean, God, it's been running for forever. I don't even know if it's... Well, I guess because of how recent this was, it's still running. But, yeah, come on. Your your service dog was chasing a fake cat across the stage. And they didn't even kick him out or anything. That's what's kind of funny. I, like, I didn't kick the guy out, really. I mean, like, sorry, your dog just tried to attack one of our actors. But, yeah, whatever. It's just funny. It's that, it's, it's either, you know, it's just a dog that's annoyed by being at cats. It's like, no, I don't want to listen to that song again. Shut up. And the dog's chasing the person around. Or maybe the makeup's just that good. No, I think the dog was just fucking annoyed. All right. Moving right along. Fake snowball fight canceled due to real snow. Uh, Six Flags Over Georgia had had this big snowball fight event planned, like a thousand people, and they were like uh, get the snow machines out and make a bunch of you know artificial snow and have this big snowball fight, and and they had to cancel it because a massive snowstorm hit the Atlanta area. And basically covered the entire, and it's actually in like Corpus Christi and San Antonio and a lot of, basically like that entire, the Gulf Coast in the last week just got hit with this massive, I think they got seven inches of snow in Corpus Christi, Texas, which is on the beach, by the way, it's where I grew up. Um, San Antonio got a bunch of snow and was like, what the fuck is snow? What? I mean, it snowed here in Phoenix a few years back, but still it didn't. Not seven inches, but the Atlanta area got hit with the same, you know, snow system. And so they had to cancel the snowball, the fake snowball fight because they had real snow. And it wasn't like, oh, you know, we had to cancel. It was, there's was basically an emergency declared and they had to close the park. We're like, we can't open. The park is covered in snow. Uh, we're not equipped for that. And the, you know, highway patrol is saying, hey, get off, stay off the roads. It's not safe. So, yeah, it's like, it's not a matter of, oh, they canceled because of the, the, the snow. Like, they canceled because we can't fucking get to the park. 
the park's covered in snow. It's a, you know, a safety hazard. You know, this isn't six flags over Anchorage. It's six flags over Georgia. They don't really get snow in Atlanta that often. So they're not prepared. They're just not prepared. I mean, to be fair, they actually do get snow like south of here in Tucson, south of here even in in Tucson and way up north of here, you know, Arizona Snowbowl and all that stuff, which they're getting. I don't even know if Snowbowl's open. I don't listen to the radio to find out. I'm sure if I actually tuned in, I I think ski season is open up north. I don't know. But, you know, yeah, they're just not ready for snow. So they like, no snowball fight. Sorry. Go outside and just have a snowball fight. You're not going to have a snowball fight at Six Flags. You're going to just have one in your yard. All right. And wrapping up, because I'm, I'm just, I'm flying. I spent so much bullshit talking about my ribs. So let's fly through the news today. Uh, you can now rent fake parents. Yeah. Uh, fake parents for when you just don't want people to meet your real ones. So apparently this is a kind of a, a thing in China. Now a growing trend in China is now hiring fake parents for those occasions where you just don't want your real parents to be there. Like school functions, parent teacher conferences. There are people that you basically hire them, you know, rent a parents and they will go like, oh, and you, you know, if you're hiring fake parents, you're not in, you know, elementary, you're probably like a college student or something. But, you know, you go and it's like, oh, I need somebody's got to have meet my professor. You hire a fake parent. They pretend to be mom and dad for, you know, a couple of hours. Go do the conference with your professor and have a nice day because you don't want your parents to know that you're failing psychology. I don't know, but, or the, or the other one, their example is they, uh, say you're in a new relationship and they want to meet your parents, but you really don't want them to meet your parents either. Cause Hey, you're not that serious about them yet, or you're ashamed of your parents. One or the other, you never know, um, you know, millennials and, and whatnot. People get all dicey and shit. I don't know. Like I've I've got an easy out. One, I'm married. Who the fuck's gonna like? Why do you need to meet my parents? Um, my wife knows my parents. That's that's basically all I need to worry about. But you know, I was like, I don't know why. I have zero need for fake parents. Anyway, like my my parents are old and I'm an adult. What the fuck you got to be my parents for? But yeah, this is apparently a thing, and. You know, it's, it's like five, six bucks an hour, some shit like that. Cause China, I don't know the conversion rate, whatever, but yeah. And these people are like, one guy said he's actually a psychiatrist or a, psych- a psychologist. And he kind of does it for like the, the, that social experiment sort of thing of like the understanding of why people do this sort of stuff. And like, it's like, it just intrigues me. I was like, these people are hiring you to be an actor, to pretend to be their parents. Cause they're trying to hide some shit. You're like, oh, they don't really like that person as much as they, you know, eventually they're going to have to meet the real parents. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I could, I, I, to, I under, I totally get. And it's one of those because, you know, because China or because Japan, shit like that would happen there. You couldn't get away with that here. You just couldn't. 
for so many, you know, helicoptery parent type reasons, you couldn't get away with it. But out of the fake news and into the jackass of the week. Woman burns home down trying to kill bedbugs. Yeah. Uh, a Cincinnati, Ohio woman accidentally started a fire which burned down her apartment building while trying to kill bedbugs with rubbing alcohol. I, I'd never had bedbugs. I think at one point my sister said she had bedbugs. I've known people who have... Um, my understanding of bedbugs, they are resilient motherfuckers. That is all I know about bed bugs. Well, minus the fact that, you know, they bite you and drink blood and they're, you can get sick from, you know, infections and shit like that. And they just fucking take over everything. Um, but yeah, um, I, my understanding of, and it's because I had like an, uh, an employee at one point who said she moved into her new apartment and the old like the people who had lived in there before had bed bugs. And so they had to treat her apartment for bed bugs. And I guess the treatment for bed bugs is essentially burn them to death because they said, Oh yeah, make sure you get all your apply, anything sensitive to heat, take it out. And they put these massive space heaters that would heat the whole room to like nearly 200 degrees or like, you know, it might scorch the paint kind of shit you know, anything sensitive to, you know, extreme dry heat. And they basically like burn them out because they're, you know, I don't think anything sitting in a 200 degree room is going to die, but I get, you know, bed bugs are super resilient to poisons and all these sort of things. So that was it. That's, those are your options. Well, I don't know what rubbing alcohol has to do with, I don't know how they managed to start a fire using rubbing alcohol. Just saying like, what were you like spraying alcohol and, you like, you know, hairspray blowtorching the fucking bed bugs. What did you, it, and it doesn't really clarify what this woman did with rubbing alcohol to burn her building down. And the three other, you know, uh, families that lived there were evacuated. Nobody was hurt, fortunately, but the, call an exterminate. It's bed bugs. Throw away the mattress, set off a bug bomb. Call an exterminator. You're not going, no human is going to resolve bed bugs on their own 100%. They it's just, that's just it. That's, that's the, that's the problem, bed bugs. So, because you burnt your home down with rubbing alcohol over bed bugs, you miss this Cincinnati dumbass. You are the jackass of the week. All right. Well, I'm going to take one more quick break. And I will be back with this week's recommended listening feature. My newest creepy obsession, Southern Grimoire. Your guide to cinema etiquette for the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews Podcast. Tip 43. When attending the cinema with your good friends or significant other, don't assume anyone else has any interest in what you have to say. So, always remember... Whisper, fuckface. It's not rocket science. For more useful cinema etiquette, 
join Paul and Wayne on the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast at Podomatic on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Hi, my name's Jeremy. I've listened to podcasts for years. I've always had questions about my favorite shows or for my favorite hosts. I started a Facebook group called Podcasts We Listen To. It's a place where listeners can talk about their favorite shows and find new favorites. It's a place where podcasters can get tips on improving their shows, share their shows, and find new audiences. It's a place for all things and all genres of podcasts. That group has taught me that We all have questions about our favorite hosts. And now that group has become a show called Podcasts We Listen To. You can join me every Wednesday as I sit down with your favorite podcast hosts. You can get in questions for hosts by emailing them to podswelistento at gmail.com or you can tweet me at podcastswlt. And of course, you can join the Facebook group as well. I'd love for you to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your favorite shows. See you next Wednesday. This is Chris the Mole Man from the Couch Potato Files. You are listening to my next door neighbor, Odd Dad Out. Now get the f- off my lawn. <laughs> Recommended listening. <laughs> To Southern Grimoire, a collection of unsolved crimes, mysteries, legends, and folklore. I'm your host, Katie Burr. A grimoire is a book of magical, and at times, even sinister knowledge. It may contain information on mysterious objects, strange creatures, curious entities, mystical incantations, and eerie legends. Some believe that grimoires themselves are imbued with some kind of power. I choose to believe that most books are. Accounts of the past, whether truth, myth, or somewhere in between, have a type of magic that can easily be lost if we fail to share them. I have always had a passion for storytelling, and I've been collecting knowledge for my own grimoire since I was young. I was a curious and imaginative child who grew up in southwest Oklahoma. Sheltered and without many friends, I turned to books for companionship, and ghost stories and mysteries were among my favorites. The rolling plains and thick red dirt of my home state was the perfect backdrop for so many stories and legends. Outlaws hiding in caves, treasures hidden in forests, and cursed native lands. There were no books that my parents refused me, and my mother had plenty of her own tales to share. I, I love that music. It's 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 very it's eerie in just the right way. It's just, it's just that right perfect kind of creepy. So that is a, a little snippet, and obviously I, I just took a chunk and and kind of blended it um, for Southern Grimoire. And I actually first heard about Southern Grimoire, like a lot of the shows that I've actually started listening to recently from the podcast we listen to podcast because I heard, and like I said, I featured uh, that show before, but I heard the interview with Katie Burr 
on podcasts we listen to and I had not heard of it before. I think I heard, I'd kind of seen the name thrown around and things like that, but I hadn't actually heard of like listen to the show because I was like, it, it's, it's true crime. It's another, like there's a million true crime podcasts out there and it's really not my thing. And yes, I realize I have, I've featured uh serial and S town before, but a lot of those were, those are peer pressure. Those were much more like, you know, something in the news kind of thing. And it was like, this is a really mainstream popular thing. When you listen to it, hey, oh, hey, they're actually not bad. But I'm generally not a big fan of true crime. That's just not my thing. And, you know, I mean, it's a huge market. I mean, you really want to be successful right now and just have huge numbers? Just start a true crime podcast because fucking everybody's doing them and everybody's listening to them. They're, they're the thing right now. Now I realize eventually the bubble's going to burst on true crime, but you know, whatever. But that was my impression when I first, when I thought I knew about the show. I thought it was just going to be another true crime show and, oh, look, she's kind of, you know, goth looking. It's like, okay, it's a, her thing. Uh, come to find out, no, it's actually kind of not. And there are, there are elements of true crime in it as just kind of a, a point of the show, but it's essentially just weird and creepy sort of stories and a little bit of the history and things like that. But it's, it's all over the place. And a, a big portion of it is in her hometown or in her area growing up in Oklahoma. So it's a lot of Oklahoma lore. And so it's not just, I mean, there, there are true crime stuff. There's unsolved murders and, but it's like, here's a story about a thing that I, you know, that I heard when I was a kid. Here's this story about this, you know, murder that I heard that my parents used to tell me about when I was a little girl and I heard all these things, or I read this in a book that my grandma gave me and then investigating sort of the history of the folklore, uh, you know, kind of, it's a lot of local folklore in her case. And, you know, some of them are unsolved murders or just crazy mysteries, but then she'll do an entire episode on like cryptids and like entire episode on Bigfoot or vampires or zombies. Or, like what? Cause they're fun. They're cool. And they're creepy. And that's the, that's what I really like is it separates so much more. It's not just true crime. It's not just, you know, murder mysteries and unsolved blah, blah, blah. Cause that gets boring and everybody covers the same shit. She's not. And she's like the, the unsolved mysteries part of it and the unsolved, like the true crimey element of it are more of, you know, stories from her childhood. It's like, oh yeah, we all heard about the, you know, the Johnson boy was, was hacked to pieces, you know, by his dad over there or something, or we all heard this kid was actually a serial killer and all this stuff. And then she goes and does the research and in, into it and finds out, no, that person that like the, the local legend is that he was like a serial killer was actually like this super upright citizen and everybody loved him. And he was, you know, you know, everybody showed up for his funeral because he was such a, a beloved member of the community, stuff like that. And it was like, Oh yeah. And that building that he supposedly murdered all those people with, or like he tried to kill all those people. Um, that building wasn't built until after he died. Shit like that. Like, oh, he, he haunts the building. He murdered everybody. No. So it's, it's, it's a cool, and it's a cool collection 
of all these different creepy things and the research and all that. And then the thing that got me because she is a writer professionally. And it's funny because her, she kind of did a bonus episode at the end of the season where it was just a, a snippet from uh, something she'd written a, a story. It was called uh, it was the dark magician. And if I got that wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, but fucking creep the shit out of me. I literally jumped in the middle of that because there's some crazy voice demon shit going on in that story. And it went from being just kind of a weird thing to getting really dark, really evil, really creepy, crazy demonic shit. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I, I literally jumped in the middle of like working and walking, you know, and in a building. I fucking jumped and just had to stop and just kind of catch my breath because it, you know, jolted me. Shit scared the hell out of me. So, great story. Great storyteller. Uh, she does such a great job. Even when she's, you know, talking about Bigfoot and telling, you know, Bigfoot stories and Nessie stories, you know, things like that. But getting into all these different sort of things. And I, I meant to feature the show. She just started, uh, season two at the beginning of December. Well, at the beginning of December, I was held over with cracked ribs. Already been through all that. Um, so she just recently started up season two. There's a few episodes in. And because I only listen to all of my podcasts that I listen to, uh, while I'm working and I haven't worked for two weeks, I'm, painfully behind so i'm probably still going to be painfully behind i still have not listened to any of this season yet so i'm i'm excited to see what comes up she's expanding outside of her little corner of oklahoma into wider folklore and and stuff for this season so i'm really excited to see what uh she has going on but if you're into that sort of stuff at all, the creepy ghost stories, uh, you know, if you want your true crime in moderation, <laughs> uh, this is a great one because it's not all true crime. But, you know, it's just, it's, you know, unsolved crimes, mysteries, legends, folklore, all of that weird, creepy stuff. And she just has a great voice and a way of telling these stories that you want to listen and then that creepy ass music. So, and I, I literally, when I first heard her on podcasts, we listened to them and I, I binged her and, and their shows are really short. I think maybe longest one outside of the dark magician thing. Cause that was a pretty long episode, but that was a whole separate thing. But I think the longest, I was like 25, 30 minutes. They're all easily digestible. They're usually more in the 10, 15 minute range, but. It doesn't feel like it goes by that quick. You're just so engrossed in the story and you're getting so much. She packs a lot of information into a very short amount of time. And so highly, highly, highly recommend checking out uh, Southern Grimoire at Southern Grimoire. I'll spell it for you. Uh, Grimoire is G-R-I-M-O-I-R-E dot buzzsprout dot com. Or just look it up in iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever. But yeah, spelling grimoire. Uh, that's where voice commands come in really handy. Just ask your phone. Because it's a weird word. I know how to spell it because I'm weird. But 
your average person, it, it's like bizarre states. They have to spell bizarre in every episode because it's a weird spelled word. Um, but yeah, check it out. It's, it's a great show and it, I love the stories and it, it's the closest thing. There's one other show that I'll listen to that's pretty, it's kind of true crimey, mostly true crimey, but this just, it's creepy. You know, it's, it's listening to, you know, your friendly village, witch telling creepy stories, but being, she just, you know, she's a great storyteller. That's it. That's just it. It's just great stories told by a great storyteller about creepy shit. So I'm hooked and I'm very quickly hooked on this show. And I think you will be too. So check it out. Southern Grimoire. Uh, And let her know that I sent you. Just (laughs) cuz. Because, hey, you know, I I may do a lot of, of pimping for other shows and telling, but sometimes they don't know. So if you, if you've found, if you find somebody or listen to one of the shows I recommend, uh, let them know that you found them here just so they know I'm, I'm, I'm doing my part to spread the word people. That's what I do here. I spread the word of the shows I like to listen to because I think other people should listen to them really because I want everybody to have tons and tons of fans, even if I don't. So yeah sharing is caring because i don't think i said it this week but i'm just gonna leave that one in there that is going to do it for me for this week it has been a long one i'm sorry (laughs) I, i i i gave you the warning i i i don't know how to make a long story short i think i just made it longer but it's, it's been, I'm so glad to finally be back and, and, and doing this for you. And <clears throat> remember, you can get all of the past episodes and, and subscribe to the show at odddadout.blogspot.com. And if it's the holiday season, so while you're there, click the little Odd Dad Out uh, gear tab up there at the top and check out all of the swag. I've got t-shirts and coffee mugs. I love my coffee mug. Oh my God. Um, I even recently added uh, mom and dad cuss gear into the shop. So if you want to show your support team mom or team dad, uh, you know, check that all out. Uh, just click the gear tab up there at oddadout.blogspot.com. Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter, of course, at Odd Dad Out, or join my Twisted Children of the Odd Dad Out Facebook group, which I don't talk about much, but it's there. There's a little group for if you're a fan of the show, check that out. And while you're doing that, if you are so inclined, leave a review for the show. I I'm don't even care if you use iTunes. I'd almost rather just leave me a review on the Facebook page because that's just easier for everybody. You can do it from your phone, no matter if you have an Apple or not. I don't care. But if you're digging the show, one last thing, share it with your friends. Let your, If you dig the show, let your friends know about it because that's, that's how 
more people listen is when you tell your friends about things you like. That's why I tell you about the shows that I listen to, because I want you to listen to them. So I would greatly appreciate it if you do the same. But I've rambled way, way, way too long. So that is going to do it for me for this week. And until next time, I'm still Adam Higgins, the odd dead out. Thank you and good night. Good night.